what episode is this? 29? Yeah. It's 29, isn't it? I believe so. It's 29. You said Ollie was 28 before, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, so this would be 29. That chair is going to be a fucking well, nightmare. Well, you know what? Just take it in and accept it because it's part of the situation. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Who the Fuck is Delia, the podcast uncovering the plight of the creative who might not just yet be so successful that their song is used as a theme tune for an ITV drama. They're going on arena tours around the UK (laughs) and playing Glastonbury and starting their own podcast about the lives of a creative. (laughs) This week, we are super, super excited. Shell's here. Oh, yeah. Uh, George has a car. T's in Liverpool. And we're super excited to have Mr. Sam Volo on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I forgot about the ITV thing. That's exciting though. Yeah, that was uh, down, right? No, Money, money store. store. Money Store. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It got taken down. It got taken the, down? Yeah, the label took it down. <laughs> <Before>. <laughs> what, <laughs> they were like, it's not my genre and I need to start again. It was the first thing I did with them and they took it down. And it was Whoa. down for two years. And then someone, a nice person, a rare nice person <laughs> in the industry made that happen. So, oh, so they'd mm. taken it down prior to it getting the, the sink, prior to it getting... Yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant they took it down afterwards. Afterwards, no, they took. I was it, like, that's fucking mental. <laughs> no, they took it down in 2016, but then I asked them to put it up when that thing came through, and yeah. no one wanted to put it up, and I was just like, <laughs> okay, I, and, I wonder why. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's up, right? No, yeah. yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't, okay. I'm not really checking. Done <laughs> <laughs> with the whole thing. Yeah, I'm just I'm done. Um, Sam is. Well, you are Sam Volo. I was going to say you're a vocalist, but to to say you are a vocalist is a a discredit. Is yeah, that a word? Discredit. Say, yeah. A disservice. Yeah. You are producer, songwriter, visual artist. You do, you do your own artwork, right? For I do. I do. I did graphic design before I did music. So, yeah. like, way before I knew anything about music, I did graphic design. But yeah. I only did my artwork because it's expensive to get yeah. people to do your artwork. That's the yeah. only reason I learned it is because I just didn't want to pay for it. Not that I didn't want to, but I couldn't afford to get someone yeah. who wanted to do it the way I wanted it. That happens a lot though, doesn't it? You see a lot of people that are like, oh, I, I'm, I do this thing because I couldn't afford a legit... Yeah. Um, or not, 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 that, not that doing it yourself isn't legit, but I couldn't afford to outsource it. Yeah. I remember, I remember we had a masterclass from... Dan Kroll and he was like he was like one one bit of advice that I'm going to give everybody is just get good at everything <laughs> and I was like exactly. and ever to, since yeah. then I'm like shit yeah you really have to like yeah. I've had to learn how to use photoshop and stuff and yeah but when you do then everything's like more cohesive yeah, right totally. he was he was the same yeah. about getting content wasn't he he was like film everything you ever do mm-hmm. mm. which is he's right or he was, but that's like, difficult that so hard it's so hard i think we mentioned this on a previous podcast with t where it's like remembering to take a picture when you're doing something mm. or when you're um at, at a place that is you know social social media able mm. to actually remember to get a bit of content is such a hard thing to do yeah it's, it comes across as quite vain as well yeah. do you know what i mean like yeah. you don't want to put everything out especially when it's just like 
the breakfast equivalent of whatever you're doing at the time yeah. and the thing it's just like no one needs to it's not that they don't need to see it it's just it's not important it's not interesting it's just more content for content sake do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah exactly totally. yeah. Um, we've experienced that since doing some of the marketing stuff with our instagram yeah. where you're like okay am i posting this because i actually want to post this or am i posting this because it's been three days and we need to post something mm. yeah <laughs> which is so and they've got it rigged that way now isn't it all yeah. of the like algorithm stuff they've if you don't post enough they just start hiding your stuff yeah do you know what i mean which is, is crazy yeah, yeah yeah i remember there was a very day there was an actual day that they switched where i felt that switch and it was like i could rely on like doing whatever i wanted and then all of a sudden it like halved like the engagement oh. halved overnight and i was just like i remember like tweeting about it not that that means anything but like yeah. i remember just being like what the, what the fuck why mm. why why is this what are they doing yeah but, you see loads mm. of them post don't you being like um let me know if you see this post i need to like know i need uh, to like yeah. understand my instagram algorithms well, and then mm. everybody who likes it is the people who see your posts most regularly i remember jack batch of yeah. if you're a listener to the podcast a regular listener you'll know jack batch from what's jack gonna do when he's finished with the drums yeah. but i remember him <laughs> Uh, and his band Crooks, uh-huh. they were they were smashing life. They were like they were going to go on tour with Coheed and Cambria in in America. They do in U- uh, European tours to like pay for the next album. They're like absolutely smashing it. Yeah. And then you so they they'd be posting something, and this was back when Facebook was more prominent. Mm-hmm. And you know they'd post it, and it would get I don't know a thousand likes or whatever it gets. And then like the next post down, it'd be like six. Yeah. And they would and they'd be like. Phew. They, they, and, and even they were saying, like, we feel like pretentious or, you know, or vain sort of bell ends for going up and taking a post down because it's only got six likes. Yeah. But it looks not a good wrong, representation, doesn't it? No. But and people like care. Like, do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's not about people caring. It's about, like, live agents caring and promoters caring because they can't be bothered to do the work to, like, form their own opinion. Yeah. So they go on and, like, look at your metric numbers and all of that stuff yeah. and, like... It's like I've heard those conversations firsthand where yeah. these guys don't know anything, but they see numbers and they go, this numbers and correlates with like quality. Right. It's just yeah. like, yeah. Oh, so when you say you've seen them firsthand, you're in the room whilst that is something that is... Not about me. Oh. Just like someone, like I'd meet two people and they'd just be talking about someone else and they'd be like, oh yeah, but the numbers. And I'm just like, oh, they haven't even numbers. heard, yeah, they haven't even heard the, the, the content or anything. Yeah. Like someone told me something uh was it yesterday i was talking to some guys like there's a guy in um the building where i got my studio and he was doing like lessons with someone else he's retired he's 60 okay um and he wants to just kind of take up music because mm. you know and he was like apparently there's this whole thing about someone wanted to give some criticism for um a piece of music they heard and they said it had too many notes do you know what i mean <laughs> do you know what i mean that kind of that kind of thing it's like you hear people with those kind of opinions and it's just like do you know what i mean it's yeah just ridiculous that is so the, the, like sometimes the amount of feedback that you get that you get where you just like well, that makes no sense i actually have heard the complete opposite thing and mm. I'm, I'm gonna butcher this quote now but it's a guitar it's either yingui malmsteen a guitar like who a, is that this like mad shredder guitarist yeah or it's this someone like there's a guy called and michelangelo batio or batio and you've like played two two guitars uh-huh. with each you know so it'll be one guitar but with two necks so yeah. like left and right hand it's someone like that someone in that scene and they they have a quote that's like they always get asked you know why do they play so fast and why 
why not go for taste over mm. um you know speed mm. and they were like because i love music so much that i want to fit as many notes in as i can again i've butchered the quote but it's funny That's to funny. hear that kind of <laughs> flipped on his head like sorry man too many notes <laughs> you know what they would love they'd love that you know the favorite that film the favorite that came out that's it was really good they'd love the score from that where it's just got that one thing that's like <laughs> wah, wah. And it's like oh my god just one note just like grating away at you it's what, so, is the, go on. what is the name of that genre of film do you know what i mean it's like what, where's the anderson is in there where's um, the, but then it goes like as it goes as far as like have you watched stranger than fiction i watched that this morning no i haven't actually it's really good or i think it's really good anyway that kind of thing and then you go to like as far as like uh vanilla sky yeah because that's like thriller but in between that kind of quirky kind of weird slightly dark thing what we watched the other day what was that oh under the silver lake what's that so have you ever seen the film it follows it's like a horror yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. So the direct writer director from that, this is his second film. Uh-huh. Um, it's not a horror in the same way that it. Fo- I mean, it's, it follows wasn't a horror. I mean, it was. But this is this is more of that kind of ilk of like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, you know, like this world isn't normal. normal. Yeah, <laughs> there's something off in this world. Yeah, um, and it came out. I think it came out in America last year, but it didn't really get a proper release because it. I think it tore people. Mm. Like, it, and it came out at London Film Festival over here, and then I'd never seen it in the cinema since. Mm. And I managed to find it, and like, it is nuts, yeah. nuts. And it starts off, and you're like, "This is kind of cool, a bit quirky, a bit kooky." And then a squirrel falls from the sky, splats on the floor, and looks at him. <laughs> right, <laughs> and then, and from that point onwards, you're like. Where the fuck am I? <laughs> I, I actually used to watch it. That's, yeah. exact, that's the genre I'm talking yeah. about. I'm just like, what? It walks this like really strange line of like, it looks so real and everything yeah. is so normal. And some of it is like oh. hyper normal where you feel like you're just watching someone watch telly kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. But then something will happen that you just go, oh no, it's not normal. That's yeah. like, like something like, you know, like the squirrel falling out the sky where you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. it's... It, I don't know um, what do you call that genre. Like, I have no idea. I mean, the, what's the oh, the director of the favorite Yorgos something something. Yeah, Yorgos. That's his actual. Okay, Yorgos something something. Sorry. That's his middle names. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he does he does all those kinds of films. Like, did you see his previous films? What's Killing it? of a Sacred Deer, The Lobster. I watched The Lobster. And he had one called Dogtooth before it, and one called The Alps. Dogtooth oh. is one of the most disturbing films I've ever seen. Yeah. It's, it's Spanish. Weird. Mad. Mad thing. Again, I, I, actually, now you've said it, I don't know how to describe it because like with most stuff, you'd be like, oh, uh, I watched It Follows. Yeah. It's like an indie horror film. Uh. Dogtooth is a Spanish uh, film. <laughs> like, oh, like, surrealist or something. In, yeah, well, yeah, I think yeah. it's like surrealist, Surreal. but then like the... I, in theatre terms, it would be like, you know, like absurd theatre. Yeah. But translated into a film, so I don't know what yeah. that so would be. Cinema. Yeah, absurd what are you? Yeah. What are you calling? Because I would argue that the pinnacle of all that is Twin Peaks. Jekyll. Yes. Or just David Lynch in general. Yeah. I know, and I know he gets characterised as uh, horror a lot, but he he has this surreal thing going on that... I think is like I say for me it's the pinnacle of that sort of genre but you just say it's and then we talked about this with Antonio the um on a, on a previous episode of the podcast you just say it's Lynchian mm. 
because okay. he's yeah. become. I've a, heard that term. I don't know how it was used or yeah, is so that how like, you use yeah, it? Yeah, it's like these directors whose names get turned into adjectives. Yeah, yeah. Like Kubrickian or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like oh, it, it looks like that person's particular style. Gotcha. But that's like saying that if you hear a piece of uh, reggae music, uh, it's it's Bob Marley. Marley mm, doesn't quite work. Yeah. It's not the same, the same way. thing, is it? Yeah, yeah I mean, films so much got such a wider net. Yeah, has it, has it though? No, maybe not actually. I don't know. I, I think if once something becomes like a sub sub genre, that's when you put someone's name on it. Mm. Yeah, because like, it's like genres and then sub genres, but then something really niche. And then I would do that with throwing. with your music. Yeah, Volian. Volian is a oh dear. Volian sounds like some sort of cult. That sounds like the most pretentious looking. <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, I don't know. I, when it comes to things like genre, I just, it's, you know, it's very cliche to say, you know, I don't care about genre and everything, but yeah. I actually think it is a specific genre because mm. like when I was in like year nine, I was listening to Paramore. I was mm. listening to like Flyly, even Breaking Benjamin and Three Days Grace and all of that. That's what oh, I was listening Breaking to. Breaking Benjamin. Do you know what I mean? That it's like, retro that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, and then, you know, before that it was like, pre-proto-grime like all of that and then at one point when i was like discovered a couple things off like video games it was metal like straight bullet for my valentine is what i was listening to yeah do you know what i mean and yeah. then i get to like all of the other stuff that people assume i listen to but yeah. to me that's just my life experience and then my in quote genre is the reflection of all of that stuff mm -hmm. right but people see that as a whole bunch of genres i'm just like no because I know a couple of people who've had that kind of experience as well. And they're just like, they don't really see, oh, this is eclectic or this is multi-genre. They just go, yeah, it's I get this. it kind of thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, okay, there's loads that I want to talk about because the whole thing about this podcast is it's the lives of creative people. Mm -hmm. You are one of the most creative people I've ever met and, Likewise, and worked with. <laughs> and so there's loads I want to delve into, but I'm just going to nitpick something that you, from what you've just said, which mm -hmm. is <laughs> just for my own, you know, enjoyment so people you then get you said you got you got onto the stuff that people then thought that you would listen to yeah they assumed okay so when i was in uni people would come up to me and be like do you want to join my new band it sounds like arctic monkeys cross with bombay bicycle club mm. right and i was like nah i'm good mm -mm -mm. and then they'd be like oh, do you want to join my band it sounds like the kooks mixed with two door cinema club mm. and i'm like say and then so basically every and every so often you just get people just being like, do you want to join this new indie band? Mm -hmm. like, I'm, I don't like indie music. It's not that like I dislike indie music, but I'm just not into it. I don't yeah, want to be yeah. in an indie band. That's not yeah. my vibe. And I remember an old friend of mine being like, oh, I, thought, I thought you'd be into that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, why? And they were like, um, and I was like, because I'm a white guy with brown hair. Yeah. And they are like, yeah. And I was like, oh. play guitar. I was like, fuck sake. I was like, I'm not into that sort of stuff. Is that, and I've never heard anyone else have it happen um, to them. Do you know what I think it is? I think it's like, I, so like good marketing is like cocaine, right? It's like, if you can get it right, it just reverberates way past even the lifespan of the people who came up with it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like the marketing they had, even if they came up with the aesthetic of a genre um, at the time with no reference point, if, they, if the marketing is good enough, then that aesthetic is going to be associated with that genre forever yeah. and ever. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. yeah. I feel like it's that there. And also, you know, that doesn't come from nowhere either because a lot of the time when they want to put forward an aesthetic, they're looking for brands to collaborate with and they'll be like, oh, let's go. If we're going golf, let's go to Hot Topic or if we're going to, uh, I don't know, uh, 
scene or all of that let's go vans or if you want to yeah. go like 90s hip-hop let's go sean john or yeah. you know or whatever they were doing at the time yeah where they get those brands and those brands really like champion whatever that movement they're trying to start is mm-hmm. and then they get lumped in with them almost to the point where you know all the adverts have that music on it all of the marketing and stuff have all of the key figures in those genres mm-hmm. and you know then people start to associate those kind of things i think that's where it kind of comes from mainly but yeah. you know marketing as well boils people down to two dimensions because that's the easiest way to control it do you know what i mean yeah. like most people are a lot more nuanced but um you know having a nuanced character is really hard to sell. Do you know what I mean? If I was trying to sell you this microphone I'm talking into and I also told you that you could also use it as a lasso and you could also, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd be like, who you try to target? And even if you could target all those people, you only have a certain amount of money to throw at something. So mm-hmm. you can't, you're going to divide the pot or you're going to throw the whole thing into something that's a sure thing yeah. or something that you want to be a sure thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You, the, and the funny thing about that is it's like the, um, when those when those like like those those big marketing ideas mm-hmm. first came about, the reason why they were probably so popular is because they probably came about as a result of like pushback from something else. Mm-hmm. So you know the whole like scene kind of vans thing that mm-hmm. you said probably came about as a pushback from like the indie scene, mm-hmm. and then and you know and that's really good to have that pushback, but then because it happened so much and because it was so good, it created so monster, and then becomes mm-hmm. just like repetitive then it's like mark zuckerberg creating facebook Mm. greatest thing in the world until it was the worst thing in the world Mm. yeah Yeah. that's interesting actually because if you think about the scene stuff like enter shikari probably kick-started that movement in 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 a big way Mm -hmm. um that was that was emos wearing color essentially Mm -hmm. you know it was like before that it was everyone was emo Mm -hmm. or wearing black Mm -hmm. and then the pushback but still keeping it within a marketable world is, oh, this new thing is like this thing that you already know, mm-hmm. but the we flipped it on its head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, I've never even thought about, I was that as well. Like I bought into that <laughs> yeah, area. And maybe that's why everyone thought I was into, in a fucking indie band or wanted to be mm-hmm. in an indie band. Everyone thinks people like, I think people think that, everyone chooses their identity in this like really considered like vacuum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But normally when people like uh, identify, or want to identify with a thing, whether that be like a genre or a movement or anything, they look around for how they can posture that. Do you know what I mean? How mm-hmm. they can present that to others, people. It's not about them actually liking those things. It's about them trying to say without saying that they are, they want to align themselves with a thing. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah over time even if you had a phase of that or even if you just kind of like it for a completely different reason people assume you're trying to convey that message non-verbally as well do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. i think that, go on you're gonna say something no no go for um it. i think the <clears throat> one this 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 will help lead, this leads on to one of the things i wanted to ask you about so we were listening to episode two of your podcast okay about originality mm-hmm. i got that right that's the right mm-hmm. number isn't it mm-hmm. and um you had mentioned something about artists wanting to, you know, you, you don't want to be compared to someone. Mm. You want to be like, stand out as your own thing. And I was, I found myself like torn when I was listening to that. And this, you know, this speaks to what we were just talking about, I suppose, in that part of me is like, yeah, absolutely. Of course you want to be original big time. Mm. But then I was like, but then if someone came over to me and said, oh, 
I really like what you just did. It reminds me of X, Y, and Z. And, though, and X, Y, and Z were things that I loved. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't take that as an insult to be like, ah, oh, you don't think I'm unoriginal. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, fucking thank you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a weird, like, tightrope of being like, oh, it just sounds like, so like if like the film that we've been making, if someone turned around and was like, it, it's, it's just like fucking David Lynch. I'd be like, thank you very much. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Do you, do you think, I mean, I don't know because obviously this is your perspective, but do you think it could be in part one of two things? Could it be with the posturing thing? If someone says it's like that thing, then that, you know, your presentation, the way you want to present your art or yourself or your identity or brand or whatever Mm. is working as the first one or the second one being because of the, you know, the, influence capitalism has on art you see that comparison as maybe potential in terms of viable success in the future because those people have been successful Mm -hmm. if you can be compared to them then that means that the journey of you being come you becoming successful yourself is more plausible yeah because it's like there's Either probably those two. yeah, yeah I mean, that's the, the, probably, point. Uh, the second one is probably something that happens subconsciously mm-hmm. because that's obviously not something that is you when you actually think about that legitimately you you know that that's not how the world works mm-hmm. but subconsciously your brain probably goes oh that was good so that means this must be good as well mm-hmm. um but i think i think consciously definitely the first thing of being like you know you you draw from so many influences when you're working and then eventually what you do like you said before, it just ends up being a uh, something that you create from your memories, from your influences, from everything around you, and it's then like it becomes its own pot. little yeah, it mm-hmm. becomes its own little baby. Um, but then you know, if you're if you like love your influences and you hold them in such high esteem, for somebody to say it reminds them, it reminds them of that. Mm-hmm. It's like oh well yeah, you're seeing me in the way that I want you to see me because that was a big influence of mine mm-hmm. without it leaning so much on the side of like, oh yeah, I've basically taken that core structure and done it because, you know, that's how much I like to do. I mean, it's got something to do though with how much you get compared to a certain thing. So, right. if, so if you created something like, uh, like we've done with the film where it's you've never done it before and you just, mm-hmm. you just want to do it because you want to create mm-hmm. something in a different domain or whatever your reason is, that comparison is like is if someone was to compare it to someone to another film or filmmaker, you would be like, okay, well, cool. I'm, I, this I, this is all just new to me, and I'm just happy to be creating. Mm-hmm. But if you were constantly getting the thing of like, so say you're on your fourth album, and they're like, oh, uh, you know, like like for example, I used to write for an, for a, a publication in Liverpool, right? And I w- once described Sub Blue, who's been on the podcast before, as Liverpool's. Um, answer to the weekend or something like that right, right? oh that was you yeah was that, how many years ago was that like six years six ago, years. Five I, think years I, ago. I think i remember that um, i think i remember that I, it was I like a particular that. it was like a particular song that he did he just sort of sounded like the weekend and i was like cool that's a nice little line to you know from not even maybe even from a marketable marketable point of view you know mm-hmm. but if then in five albums time sub blue is still getting called liverpool's answer to the weekend he's going to get pretty pissed off of being compared yeah. to The weekend all the time. I so, think, yeah, I think it is that. I think, well, I don't think it is that. I think that might be a, a, a factor mm-hmm. in it. I think um, if it's someone who's... Oh, no, we got rain. <laughs> yes. Go on, sorry. If, if someone is, um, 
you know, however many steps ahead, you know, in the way that we perceive kind of the, the, the journey of success to be, if someone is so many steps ahead and you get compared to them, then that's a sign of like a strong trajectory. But the moment you reach that level and you're still being compared to them, it kind of, it might do something. Because by that point, yeah. what, your your brand and what you're trying to um, convey to others is so much more specific. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or even if it was as specific before, it, you, you are making more of an effort to... Uh, promote more nuance in what you're trying to do do you know yeah, what I mean definitely and I'd I'd probably argue as well that if you were so strongly um like related to that person the likelihood of you actually reaching their, their status mm. is very slim because there's probably a lot there's going to be so many blocks before that point for, for you for somebody being like no we've already got one of them mm-hmm. yeah. do you know what I mean so in you probably may actually never get to that point yeah to be compared in that way oh this my god rain is mad for it'll be that crazy rain that lasts like, like three a, minutes and yeah. then goes off for people listening to this in the future and they're in it's in 2025 20, and, and the world's rain. destroyed <laughs> 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 this is the start of climate change taking effect, effect in august 2019 yeah um you know what's another interesting point actually from that from uh on that topic is that um it's also what you hold dear as an artist. Mm. So if you're, um, if you want to be individual, then that comparison is going to really fucking, you know, piss you off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you want if you don't care whether you're individual or not, or perhaps if you're the complete opposite direction, you want to be the next someone, then mm-hmm. that comparison is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Or if you're, or if you're just in the middle and you don't care about any comparison and you're just like, I just do what I do. If it sounds like, bombay bicycle club then it sounds like bombay bicycle club and and maybe you would get fed up over time and you get worn down over time and 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 it's probably industry that is the thing that makes you fed up of that Mm. you know being um either deemed unoriginal or just like the next someone denied opportunities because there's already one yeah yeah, exactly that's the thing that could grind you down whereas if you were just sort of sat there going "I i don't give a shit I don't care if I sound like that. I just want to create something that in my eyes is good or mm-hmm. in my eyes is happy or sad or releases this emotion or whatever. But then if your goal is to create something completely original, mm. then that marketable industry sort of jargon that they throw at you is is never going to be applicable to you, is it? What does it mean to want to be the next something though? Like you're never going to be them as a human. No, I know. You can't have their name. It is a really funny one. What do you think? I, I think it'd be, I, the thing is, I, I actually don't know. And it'd be so interesting to speak to somebody who was fully like full out happy to just be like, yeah, I'm going to be, I, I want to be the next Michael Jackson. You, let's use that for example. That's not a great example in 2019. It's not, but it's not, but like it's, it'd be interesting to speak to someone like that because that's so far removed from what I. No, I meant because of the paedophilia, not because he's old. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. There's there's like, when it comes to how many people, I think I would say Michael Jackson, Elvis and uh, maybe Kiss Mm. and stuff are the people who are like at a level of cultural ubiquity where they have people who make a living impersonating yeah. them do you know yeah. what I mean Crazy. like I wonder what they think I, I don't think they're thinking artistry though at that point they're no. thinking Frank Sinatra fandom yeah and 
opportunity to make money from yeah 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 i mean this is a conversation that we have a lot about like what defines art and i think we may have done it a couple of times with various guests on the podcast and i have a problem with sometimes when people get described as artists Mm -hmm. because they are a singer right a solo artist Mm -hmm. right i'm like but they're just they're just they're a singer Mm -hmm. they're not an artist their music's nice i like whoever it is you know i'll be like it's it's a good pop tune Mm -hmm. but to me i'm like it's a pair of trainers it's not art and then i'm like but then you can have a pair of trainers that are art Mm -hmm. so it's just such a i don't know where i sit on it but there are certain people that i just don't use that word for. do you know what i mean i think that's the that's the first question they ask in um philosophy degree is, is it? what is art yeah. really or wait it's either what is art or what is a chair do you know what i mean like because right. if i was to like to find a chair you'd be like something you can sit on you could sit on a couch you could sit on a stool you could sit on a house you, yeah you know yeah. it's not a chair four legs elephants got four legs but yeah, like, yeah. you keep going down that hole do you know what ah, i mean okay so yeah. but like i don't know that no one's come up with the definition that's why they still keep asking it but like yeah um i definitely think it's just like my own personal thing um definition would just be if it was intended to be art that's literally it do you know what i mean yeah that's a good way of thinking Um, about it yeah and like you know even if it is a singer like art i think has to be sentient if you if you are just kind of a mouthpiece for everyone else's opinions Mm -hmm. everyone else's uh will then that's just you are what you're doing you're a performer i think in that yeah and and a performer can be an artist you Mm -hmm. can you can do performance art of course Mm -hmm. but it doesn't it they don't come they're not, you know, uh, hand in hand. They don't mm-hmm. have to come together. And mm-hmm. I'm not, and that is, and I'm not, I'm not demoting or demoralizing or whatever, the discrediting what they do mm-hmm. as a performer. I just don't class it as the same thing as an artist. Yeah. I think the moment, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's almost like, um, like, like, uh, copyright law where I feel like the moment you add one word to the lyrics, then you are in you you can argue you are an artist by that point because you've made a decision <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah yeah like yeah. you have to make a decision yeah um, so, and mine's like because i'm trying to think my, mine has always been that there's a level of like um emotion that has to go into something mm-hmm. for it to, and, and not like a distinguishable level so i have no idea mm-hmm. but there's a level of emotion that goes into something for somebody to call it art so if somebody is a performer and they didn't write any of them songs but you watch them on stage and you are mesmerized by that person's performance i would say they're an artist because the way yeah. they perform is like mm. it really sucks you in could you get something to measure that emotion no. Could we call it like a, a volo a volometer? Wow. A volometer. Wow. A volometer. Volometer. Oh, I can't even speak. Geez. Of course it's a volometer. Um no. yeah, but then in so in that regard though, if that person is just maybe that person is just an amazing uh performer interpreter. or dancer. Yeah, interpreter. Maybe they they don't I like I like your definition about it, uh Sam, about being the intent behind it. Because then if they're just carrying out moves and they're they're really good at planning those moves and moving their body in that way that might not be art the art comes from the person who choreographed it mm-hmm. perhaps well it, it, it itself would still be art maybe the person who's carrying it out but Isn't then the artist for them to carry it out they need to understand what like if you gave me a whole bunch of words i didn't know the meaning of and told me to say them i could say them but in order to kind of say them properly and to get the intonation or stuff right i have to understand what the words are trying to say yeah. so even though i am doing that from uh, kind of a, a husk position or whatever mm-hmm. um that there's still a little artistry in there yeah and, yeah the, the the thing of interpretation is interesting mm-hmm. like 
because you yeah. could take somebody's somebody else's lyrics somebody else's dance moves somebody else's everything mm-hmm. and then but you could perform it in such a way that only you could do that and if somebody else did it they couldn't do it as good and they wouldn't be brought in as much and essentially that is just an interpretation but for some reason you witness it and you're like oh this person's like a like a genius they're an, mm. you know i guess that's what mm. actors do they get given a piece of material and then they bring that they interpret the material and yeah. bring it to life somehow as something i want to put a pin in that i want to come back to is the whole being the next mm-hmm. uh whoever you know so just don't let me forget that point but on this <laughs> but on this point but the thing with about intent mm-hmm. so i'm just thinking about it as as a, as a sort of guy that loves films right, right. so lars von trier made a film called the house that jack built Mm-hmm. he probably it's again it's it's one of those sort of surrealist sort of films it's very heavy and difficult to watch and a lot of shit happens in it and then it goes down a rabbit hole at the end that is mad um and i watched it and thought what a load of fucking tosh that <laughs> is he is just throwing a load of stuff and saying look it's art and you're like it's fucking not it's all just um you know him being overly pretentious and overly um, flowery with things and, and and I'm like that is just not art but then if his intent is that it's art then who am I to say that it's not mm. it might be yeah I mean the, the thing that I that, that I picked out of the way that you just said what you said is because remember those some actually my manager you know y'all right mm-hmm. yeah um he told me when I first met him actually that you know he heard from someone else. He didn't come up with a quote himself. He was just like, your, your, your goal should be for everyone to love you or everyone to hate you and no one to be indifferent. Do you know what I mean? Right. So like the way you said, ah, oh, this was pretentious tosh and stuff, mm. that in itself is art because he's gotten to yeah, you in that yeah, way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Even, but then with the intention, I don't think it was the intention to get you to react that way. So is it still art if their intention wasn't for you to have that reaction or is that just a universal rule that if they have mm. a strong reaction, it's still art? maybe his intention mm. and i in this case i'd probably say this was true mm. that maybe his intention was just for someone to have a strong reaction they don't give a fucking shit either way and judging mm. by Lars von Trier's past stuff mm. he probably doesn't care whether people hate his work because he's there to to create a reaction mm-hmm. so yeah so maybe it's a funny one isn't it is it the intent is it the because the, the comedians obviously are getting a lot of trouble for what they say on stage and then they come off and say it's just a joke like mm-hmm. you know and people have to say oh you have to be more insensitive or you didn't mean it like that or and there's a thing at the moment if you listen into a lot of like joe rogan podcasts or tom segura podcasts where they're saying you as an audience member don't get to choose my intent mm-hmm. but then what i've just done with lars von trier's work is exactly exactly that, that. yeah so is it the fact that it's okay in one domain and not okay in another or if you want to like this this let's let's not go this far let's not, <laughs> let's not go this far but if you really want to think about it where does the line go between art and opinion if art is meant to strike a reaction and you get a strong reaction to art that's one thing but if you have a strong reaction to someone else's opinion like say in comedy where it's a bit more porous and the p- opinions come out to the forefront a lot more mm. in that art form you having an opinion does that make your opinion art in response to that art or where's the line where does yeah. it do? but let's not go there let's, yeah, not, let's, let's stay here it's, it's, yeah, yeah it, that you go down a rabbit hole couldn't you with that kind mm. of stuff yeah oh, <laughs> no. the, i'm gonna take the pin out of the being the next someone mm-hmm. you know what a strange thing with that is mm-hmm. is that a lot of the time the people who say i want to be the next someone so i'm going to use christine and the queens because it's the first person that's just popped into my head mm-hmm. right so she's trailblazing at the moment for that kind of 
uh, that sort of sound, that imagery, and that community of sort of, um, I'm going to butcher the terminology now, but it's like an androgynous, androgynous. sort of movement, isn't it? And mm-hmm. that, that's what she's going for. So if someone was like, I want to be the next Christine in the Queens, does that mean you want to be the next person that has a similar sound to that, has the androgynous thing? And does that, or does that mean you want to have a similar effect to what she has had on that community and mm-hmm. that style, but in a different d- direction. Do you, do you know an, uh, a model from, I think, the 60s called Twiggy? Yeah. Twiggy, uh, right? Isabel. Yeah. So, like, I remember le- learning about her in, like, GCSE art or whatever. I don't know why she came up. But then um, she was androgynous, and that was her whole thing. That was her appeal, is that she was, like, super androgynous. She was the poster child for androgyny. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I don't know everyone, but I feel like there have been several. I mean, Emily King, right? who is another one who kind of does the androgynous kind of vibe as well. I think Emily King's stuff is amazing. Um, And you definitely should like to check it out if you want to. But like, um, I feel like, I don't know. I think it's it's something about her. I think it's, um, I'm talking about Christine and the Queens now. I think it's more like it was a possibility and it was almost like, I'm not boiling her work down to anything. I'm mm-hmm. just saying like there was a gap in the market to rep- represent that for this like decade or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think they took that. I remember actually being in a, in a, like a meeting in corporate wherever and they said, ah, oh, this song's great but it'd be really nice if it sounded more like Christine and the Queens. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> really? I remember yeah. that. Yeah, there was a point in that. Uh, what's that song she put out? The big one, the first one. Um... The, the very, one, very first one. You wanna be a man, man, da, da, da. The, yeah. Oh, yeah, that one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know, yeah. Of like, the first album. Yeah. yeah. In the second verse, it drops, like, the, the kick, the sub comes in and the kick and everything, and they're just like, that thing there, we want more of that. Do you know, you know, the thing where you kind of, like, reverse drop and you take oh, away yeah. instruments to get it to sound, like yeah. the EDM trick they do. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're just like, yeah, do, do more of that, do this and do that. So, like, um, it's, it's really interesting to, like, just think you want to be the kind of next someone because that person not to say her as well is just talking about her in in abstract um it was is the next someone who came before her do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and yeah. so and it goes all the way back because i'm thinking emily king may have been i don't know how long christine and the queens is thing but i've known about emily king before i knew about christine and the queen mm. queens and i knew about twiggy from gccr and she was in the 60s or 70s yeah. and so i feel like people and then you have like people like Janelle Monae as well, mm-hmm. who are androgynous but in a different way as well. And she, although she's kind of evolving, but when she first came out, she was like super suits, ties, monochrome. Yeah. And like, so I feel like it's just on all of those people have almost definitely got at least one influence in common. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. if someone's saying, so like, I suppose more what I'm asking is, like if someone if someone is saying I want to be the next Christine in the Queens they could mean I want to be the next androgynous icon in the mm-hmm. same way that she is or they could mean I want to do something I want to trailblaze mm-hmm. you know regard so when they use that thing of like I want to be the next someone uh, I want to be the next Tom Morello as a guitarist right that might not mean that you want to sound like Tom Morello but it might mean that you want to be as creative Rebe. or as uh, uh, innovative as him I want to do what he's done to the guitar world. Yeah. You know? So then there's a problem with the phrasing. Yeah. Is yeah. that, is that, uh, is, is it, but it, I mean, I, I don't know, but is that more credible to want to be like that? Is that a better thing? To- you think of it like, um, like a school cafeteria, like, yeah. 
So you have like I like stuff like this. Uh, <laughs> you think you, you have like random tables and clicks, isn't it? So I feel like you have like certain like people like I don't know, uh what's the guy's name? Nick Drake and all of those super reclusive, quiet people's on one table. Then you have the like media media money money only people like yeah. the Cardi B's and that yeah. in on one table and then you have like the really introspective uh but still can kind of talk to some of the more mainstream people like James Brake mm-hmm. and stuff like that do you yeah. know what I mean so like sometimes when they say they want to be the next person it's just they want to go sit at that table do you know what I mean okay. they yeah, want that, yeah. that space in the commu- in the music world yes. do you know what I mean okay yeah that that makes a lot of sense yeah that's a, yeah that's how it makes sense Except for the people who actually want to be them people and then they are the people who are in like Vegas impersonating. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then they're sat on a weird, weird table. Like <laughs> just where everyone looks like someone else. There will always be that one kid in that school though who's like goes home and like tries to like be the popular people in the mirror. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah. like Aww. Yeah. So <laughs> that reminds me of that eighth grade film we watched, the Bo Burnham film. Yeah, that's a good film. Um, so uh, I mentioned in the intro you've started podcasting mm-hmm. uh, the art of difference yeah the f f r n c e yeah from the from the shows in liverpool yeah yeah i i I've, i don't know i was given that name because constellation was just like they have for thursday free every month and they wanted something there and i was just like instead of just doing generic night number seven i was just like <laughs> let's do let's brand it and all of that kind of stuff that i've yeah. i found to be mad important in in the music side of things i was like let's do all of that to mm. to that and it was fine and at the end of the day i think i don't know what they what happened after four they were just like uh i, don't, I forgot what they said they were just like they can't do it it was closing down but it's still open uh, so, uh, but, <laughs> but you know, it's what it is. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure they wouldn't go out of their way to like make that super public just to prove that one thing. No. But, like, um, <laughs> but like, yeah. So I took the name and I, I wanted to do it. I wanted to. I've been meaning to do it for like a while. Like I'm talking about like over a year. Yeah. But first of all, I grossly underestimated the amount of work necessary to oh. do it. It's ridiculous. Yes. It's actually ridiculous. Yeah. Like, and doing it solo is not a major problem i think i'm really just trying to get um i think the thing i get from it practically is like um voiceover and speech and and um audio editing like yeah. just it's like it's like practice in that way yeah. but the first one took like seven hours to take all the like gaps and ums ahs yeah. and, yeah. and it's just like what kind of thing and then to get like to do that is not a problem but to get things to make any kind of to be coherent and to like not be rambly because i ramble often <laughs> like in real life i ramble and ramble and ramble so like i had to write it down i mean i'll show you on my phone at a different point like the the one i put out the fifth one yeah um i had to write it down in in full and it was 2,000 words long. Oh my God. Jeez. And it was still 10 minutes. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> just like after editing. And I was just like, okay, what else do I put in this? I put a beginning. I was just like, I'm going to do this. And then I did it. And then it's like, I just did that to yeah. make it like longer. And I'm right. just like, I can't, that's not sustainable. No. Do you know what I mean? So like, there is like the pro of like having um, like co-hosts and stuff. Cause you can just flow like now. Absolutely you know uh, this this is just gone you know it flows it's but just like, a conversation yeah. Yeah. i mean we do like that's one thing that i love about doing this is that because because i do podcast production for other people as well mm. so one thing i love about this um is being able to hit record and just go mm. and if there's some edit points then that's cool but generally the most editing i'll do on an episode of this is 
maybe cut out that car that just went past mm-hmm. and um, like drop in the jingles, mm-hmm. you know, random little cut points where we started. But generally, unless something goes wrong, I won't edit very much. Mm-hmm. But on other shows that, I'm, that I do, and there's like one in particular that's a, that's a lot of work, I got to the point where I could see ums. Yeah, as and S's and T's. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Being like, I don't even need to listen to this. I was just like, um, 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 gone. Mm. Um, and and I, I like, I, I was, ed- we're editing a lot over Christmas. And so, I, you know, it was a fucking super busy time of year, but then got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like a mad professor, like in the mm. car, driving somewhere, Shell's driving to a gig or a family member's house or whatever. And I'm like, just like there, just looking, going, like sat in the car, literally like, Ca- caffeine eyes like um um um, um <laughs> delete um, um. <laughs> and like nervous. i can hear out of his headphones this like you know like speeded up speech because obviously he's listening to it on like so i was doing it double speed as well <laughs> so i'm just like listening to it and i'm like oh that sounds so stressful <laughs> but it's a lot it's a lot a lot of work and, it, yeah. and what you know what's crazy about podcasting is that the biggest podcast in the world is joe rogan experience right, right? like 10 years though yeah. Be. Yeah. yeah but he just goes yeah, he, I, I don't know. It's because he films them as well, but he just goes. Mm-hmm. And I read a piece a while ago that was like, you know, audio uh, long long form podcasts and interviews like the Joe Rogan Experience are ruining podcasting because part of the fun and part of the the reason why it's such a great medium is because you can do all this editing and all this mm-hmm. um, cu- curation, you know. And I don't know necessarily know if I agree with it. I don't agree. With it's, that. But I it's, reckon it's just a different form of. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. different way of thinking. No, the the secret thing I like about it is it's the one thing left that people don't look at views for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I this is that. part of the reason we started this was because I was like, I I don't ridiculous. I don't care who's listening to this. Exactly. I just want to talk wanna through some it. thoughts yeah. and like I want to chat to different people because we, like doing this work, you meet so many inter- interesting people. You have so many conversations where you're like, oh, I fucking wish somebody had recorded that conversation because it was mm-hmm. so relevant and so good. Yeah. And, you know, when you listen to other podcasts and you take so much from them and, you know, you... you I'm all right, thanks. And you... you'd Sorry, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <flow laughs> we just poured some water out. <laughs> um, when, you know, when you listen to other podcasts and you take so much from them and you see your own thoughts developing and, enha- and enhancing just by listening to other people talk, mm-hmm. it, it, it becomes, like, really relevant i can't remember what the start of the point was <laughs> <laughs> no you were saying it's, it was a good thing about it you don't want to worry about metric, yeah, yeah and metrics, and the yeah. one thing that mm-hmm. you don't care about is how many people go and listen to that exactly because it, if it's helping your th- thought process and even if it's just helping one or two other people who might be listening to it at a certain yeah. time like you don't care do you know what do you know what though if i don't know okay i'm gonna say this is speculation but just based on the way things always go right yeah the VCs coming in, right? Mm-hmm. Venture capitals, people are throwing money into the industry now. The toxicity that music has in about five years, the same toxicity is going to be in. 100%. And not only that, the average length is going to be about 15 minutes. I yeah. Think. It's going to, yeah, yeah, it's going to go down so. because like people are going to be like, let's come to a treaty. People want, we will need them to listen to three on every commute and then we're going to like meter that and all yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? It's just going to become like a whole thing. It will. But the, a good thing though is the, quality in terms of like you know mics may go down a little bit the tech's gonna get better and like all of a sudden it's gonna become like really like anyone can do it yeah Yeah. but like i feel like there'll still be a barrier to entry though like higher than music i think yeah fair. because music has the 
kind of not a cop out, but it has the the argument of like this is my art and this is the way I want to express it. But with words, you can't hide behind anything. You have to say something. Or yeah, you know what I mean, I mean the fact that you're that you said that. Like I was just double checking the name of it now. There there is a company called Luminary Podcasts, mm. and they have they uh, like sort of self proclaimed the Netflix of podcasts. Really, so. Uh, I think Ru- Russell Brand is probably the biggest one they've got. Mm-hmm. So then these there. podcasts have gone behind this paywall uh-huh. to to try and yeah. But the thing is, those guys have bullied their way in. Like not bullied because whatever, but they they were already huge TV. They, they, these are old money TV people who went to YouTube, got kicked out, and now are coming here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I say here, I just got here, but like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like, um, yeah, like literally. It's fun. It's good that they're doing it. It's just don't. If if it becomes another TV, then it's going to become impossible to get people's attention the same yeah. way. Yeah. But I feel like the people who listen now, I think the people who listen are different as well. That's what I've noticed when mm-hmm. I when I started. Um, I've only, obviously only done it for 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 like about three weeks now, but I put out three to begin with. Um, when I a couple of people unfollow me on Instagram, not that I'm looking, but like the kind of people who were following me were the people who only listen to music and yeah. podcasts to them are like these really boring things. And then the people who started following were a whole bunch of like completely different people. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I feel like that, although it will change slightly, I don't think it's going to change that much. No. It's- and I think it's like, I think the whole kind of like, when you watch followers like drop a little bit because I mean although it's a shit thing to look at you do notice when it happens it's so like human. And, and it's normally when you'll do something like put a podcast out or you know do a particular show or whatever and you'll notice something either dramatically drop or dramatically go up but I always think when you have a drop I look at that as an opportunity to be like that's good because I think it was Jay Garchu we had on really early in in, in the in uh, I don't know I can't remember the series in the series <laughs> whatever we had on really early and he made a good point to saying like that see it as a good thing because you're getting you're getting rid of people who are not invested whereas mm-hmm. the people who you know the people who are gonna then follow even if it's just one or two new followers <clears throat> they're the people who are like I really like this and I like mm-hmm. the whole thing and they're the people who are gonna invest and like, follow it and you know grow mini with it forest fires on your social media to like just uh, yeah and the, i think that needs to happen because like how many instagram accounts do you sometimes scroll through and you're like oh, i like them penetrators i'm gonna follow them and then a week later you're like why the fuck yeah. you know what i mean and you just you have a little cull mm-hmm. so to see that happening on the other end and being the person being culled you're like that's good because people are understanding what they like and yeah. i want to be something that somebody likes as a whole mm piece of work definitely do you know what's uh, like what is great about doing this and i'm and and i'll go on to ask you know if a similar thing has happened with you as well in that so we sometimes this is just an excuse just to have like a an in-depth conversation with people that you usually wouldn't Mm -hmm. right so like um when the other the the last episode of the podcast we went for dinner at ollie's we were going there anyway it was like let's just do a podcast and we'll just get into the weeds and talk about stuff that we're not really asking you about ollie normally because we, we just see sort you of, all the time. Yeah, we see you all the time. So we're not like delving into your psyche or your c- career or what these crazy things that may have happened to you or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's just a great excuse to do that. Yeah. But then also that has sparked conversations with people outside and been, oh, listen to the show. I thought it was an interesting point about blah, blah, blah. And you get, and then you start having that conversation more with someone who, away from the podcast, who's just listened to it. Yeah. And that you wouldn't have had that conversation with if you hadn't, have had the original conversation Definitely. are you are you getting that feedback from your show where people are sort of wanting to chat to you about yeah. what you've spoken about 
Yeah, I mean, firstly, I th- yeah, I agree. I think um, it takes the veneer off. I think like normally, like normal social interactions has have like a a veneer that some certain things aren't appropriate to be talking in certain contexts. But it's like it takes that off and just like everyone is allowed to like not. It's it's in between small talk and therapy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, in between yeah. the, it's in, in between <laughs> yeah. those two. Um, and obviously, doing it solo for now, um, I haven't had any of those on those five that I've done, but. Um, I've noticed when it's music, I get an emoji or I get like a sentence. But with this, it's like fewer people, but they're giving me paragraphs. Yeah. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? And it's like people want to kind of engage with it. Yeah. Mm. And like the one, uh, the one of the things that made this like uh, medium appeal to me is just engagement. Cause I'm all about like engagement cause you can chase numbers and like big numbers and width. But if you get depth right, then you have people that you can rely on. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. Like, Absolutely, yeah. And just like get to know, cause like, you know how, you know, nine forms of intelligence and all of that kind of stuff, just because we are all musicians don't make us the smartest, most well-versed experienced humans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they may not be artists or, um, artistically, uh, leaning, but they may be an absolute savant at something else. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like to get to know great them. Great word, that. that. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, to, to get to know people like that has been really eye-opening that guy was i said i was talking to that 60 year old guy he was just like just getting into music it's easy to just kind of dismiss him as oh yeah i got loads of stuff to teach you even though you're older but this guy was at the top of his field in whatever thing he just retired from and like normally i like this is like a hot take but i don't really respect people because they're older than me Mm -hmm. like um i think someone has to earn that not towards me but like they have to have something that i want to respect but yeah. he he his the way he thought and his thought process was really similar to mine i could see um a lot of kind of more well-formed thought processes that i would usually have because he's actually been through those and mine are hypothetical yeah so like to talk to him about certain things and like dealing with people because i think one of my weaknesses at the moment is like emotional intelligence i don't i, I think very like logically i don't do feelings like yeah. that do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. if, I, if i'm no, i have no idea what you mean <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean he's exactly the same <laughs> he's exactly the same okay yeah but like yeah so like learning that because it's gotten me not it got me into trouble but like you know saying things and not speaking my mind but like saying things and expecting people to take them take them the way that i would take them and yeah. doing things in the way that yeah. i would like be that's fine because mm-hmm. and you know just kind of learning that and not only hearing someone uh kind of wax about it but also them giving examples has been like super interesting do you know what i mean and i would have never engaged in convo with him if i wasn't trying to build that muscle of convo for this medium do you know what i mean yeah yeah that i mean i think it takes some fucking balls to do it by yourself because (laughs) oh my god if i did that i would sound like such a dickhead i'd be like uh like and this and maybe like we'll do i'll think about this i just can't (laughs) I'd be so terrified to that. So like props to actually sitting down and just talking through your own thoughts and being like, I want to, I want to chew this idea over and play with it and, you know, just see what comes up. It's probably a good way to sort out your own thoughts as well. And also I'm tired of waiting to put out a song. You put out a song, you wait three months to put out another song or two months to put out another. I'm tired of that. I want to be, I want to put something out every week. Do you know what I mean? Not not for validation, just for creative satisfaction. Do you know what I mean? I've never actually thought about that, but it is a way of kind of, 
uh, like feeding that beast a little bit, isn't it? Because you yeah. get so frustrated with not putting things out for so long. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I like actually, that's a really good point because I, I am frustrated the fact that we haven't we we didn't put out like our we haven't put out our next trilogy of singles that we were going to put this year and okay. it's you know it's still yet to come but you sit you sit there and you're like oh my god it's going to be september before we've released anything this year and uh, this is such a big deal but it's fucking isn't it is it no and you need that little i don't know uh olive branch to, yeah. to just sort of be like okay well maybe it's not the songs that i want to be putting out but it we are putting it something out I and i don't really know why that is I don't know why it feels like that why it feels that that you'd want to have something out because like you say it's not for validation it might be though because i realized one of the reasons i got into music was validation that was that's like a fact like when i um first started i remember actually okay when I (laughs) (laughs) when when i first started music properly it was literally because i was interested in someone and they liked someone else who was into music and i was like all right I need to be I'm into, music. into music. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? So, so like, at like 14 years old, yeah. I was just like, give me Fruity Loops. I'm doing this thing. Do you know what I mean? And so like, I was in it for validation and like, you know, going through school and that I was not, well, first school I was quiet. Second school I wasn't quiet because the first school pissed me off. Um, and, you know, just kind of going through that way, you know, and, 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 and just being like a lot more introverted. I wasn't always introverted, but like being a lot more introverted because of people and like, kind of like having that thing and just going, okay, now I've got music. I can use music to compensate for if, because if I didn't have it, I know how people would treat me. So, but now that I have it, I can kind of circumvent that and get people to treat me in the way that maybe not only that I want to be treated, but even better than maybe I would have wanted people to treat me. Do you know what I mean? So, but now I'm over that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, for various reasons, I'm over that now and I can kind of just kind of look at it and not kind of seek validation and just kind of like foster depth instead of try and be known in that kind of way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. that, that there gets people another hot take. I just feel like that industry, music industry is like a zoo in it. Like, it's like a circus. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. It's like a circus. You've got all of these like ringleaders telling people to jump through hoops. And it's like the only reason that they're still there looking at you and are giving you the time of day is because they they, they value validation more than anything else. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's that's why you can get some random guy or girl, whoever, to tell you that you should do a gig for free or even pay because you know that what you want is the validation that's what you're going for because yeah. if you're working in like retail or anything and someone said you should do anything for free you're walking yeah do you know what I mean? yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah you can become a lawyer at 18 you can go oh i want to be a lawyer at 18 and go do a degree but with music or with any other entertainment you have to start when you're like 10 yeah do you know what i mean so yeah. it becomes such a big part of you and you're very afraid to let go yeah let so it go. yeah and if you started mm. when you were 10 mm. and you're 25 mm. and someone's like you come and do this gig for free because it's great exposure or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I've been doing this 15 years. If you had been doing any other job for 15 years and someone yeah. said, come and do your job mm-hmm. for free. Yeah. That, that would, that would never happen. No. And not never. only that, you, some people will because they're like 15 years of my life and this is an opportunity to see some closure. I'm yeah. going to go do the gig. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. like, it's that sunk cost thing of I've put so much of my time, effort and self into this. Yeah. I'm going to go do what this mediocre person told me to do. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I feel like a lot of people have doubled down in the industry on those things mm-hmm. to, to try and cover up the fact that 
now you as a but if you if you are just a musician like that's great but mm-hmm. you you a lot of people aren't just musicians they are mm-hmm. creatives in lots of different ways and I, even as pretentious as, as, as this sounds you could be a creative as just being like a visionary who's just got great ideas maybe not in one particular uh discipline but the industry is doubling down on trying to keep people in a pigeonhole because they know that you could just be and like like my mum loves the phrase portfolio career mm. but you could ha- that is such a viable thing for people now they just need to know that it's there that you can have all these avenues which cut out a lot of the industry mm-hmm. not not the whole industry because it's this specter that is always there but you can cut out huge portions of it by just being like i don't need that validation whether that validation is financial or otherwise i don't need that because i can go and do all these other things mm-hmm. and they're just slowly trying to just like grab those things and pull them into their shadow yeah, yeah. You know what i mean yeah and i guess if you i mean to be fair if you pulling it back slightly to feeling like you want to release stuff in it because that essentially does lead back to validation at some point yeah. i guess if you look at any kind of career there is a version of that Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone's got a version of doing something. Mm-hmm. And even if it's just like striving for the next promotion, mm-hmm. it's like, why? Like you can pay your bills, you're happy, yeah. But it's not, it's probably because they want that validation of like doing the next thing or... Yeah. You know, I guess so, people with nine to fives also have the money. Like yeah. if, mu- if musicians got paid a salary to create, firstly, you know, so many more people will be musicians, but also the quality will go down. But also mm-hmm. the desire for validation, I don't think will manifest in the same way so many people would like i know for a fact now now it's slightly different but when i like four years ago i did not want to play live i don't i didn't that's not my thing i want to be in a studio put stuff out on on online and do that again and again and again like yeah. playing live became a necessity do you know what i mean but and then you know if i didn't want to play live i wouldn't care about numbers because live agents look at numbers to go mm-hmm. play live so it's like i wouldn't even care about that either do you know what i mean so it's like i feel like because validation is currency at the very beginning of most creative journeys that um that's the that's 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 the reason for a lot of this like you know all the mental health issues and all of the pain and all of the toxicity in the industry is just like it's 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 literally just because there is no the the floor is 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 lava do you know what i mean they don't have they don't have the safety net of like you know an income even if they're not happy in their position they want a promotion they could at least get life done do you know what i mean slightly different not to minimize any of that, by the way. Again, with the everyone being excellent at other stuff and whatever, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 that's a given. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's great though that we can now see these people, people such as yourself, that can just do all these different things and and just utilize technology or or the community around them to then do these things, and whether that's embraced by the. And podcasting is one of the few things that you can still do to to in this capacity, whether it's embraced by the industry or not. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? Because that's not the point. That's not the point. You know? mm. um, should we move on to a to a little smeg? Go for it. Yeah. Do you do out by Oasis? Why don't you just go on the? Is there any chance you can sound more Ed like Sheeran? Sheeran. What's your plan B? Plan B. Plan B. Oh. Oh. Don't know What's Pat going to do when he's finished with the drums? This segment is what is Jack going to do when he's finished with the drums? And it is where we talk through some quirks of 
the industry specific to who is on the show so probably going to be music with this kind of thing but you know feel free to to venture into other areas and it yeah it's i mean it's normally annoyances but it is general quirks that other people wouldn't necessarily know about <laughs> yeah the thing is it doesn't have to be annoyances it doesn't, but it just always it just always being, is be because as soon as you start talking through quirks that nobody else knows about you inevitably hit an annoyance mm-hmm. um so yeah that's mm. what that is i don't i'm not going to explain the title because i feel like we've explained it a lot and if you need to know the title you can go and listen to the other 27 episodes 28 ben gladwin's gonna hate you for that why you know he he thinks that you should treat every episode as if a new person is listening to the show well no (laughs) 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 fuck you new listener (laughs) uh anyone got anything this week um 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 i've got a little one it's not a big deal but well, I'll let you start then. It's just the idea of um, travel to gigs. Okay. <laughs> is there another job where you travel is like a thousand percent more than the actual time spent doing what you're doing? Circus. Yeah, <laughs> that is. Um, I would argue it. that being on a circus train is part of being in the circus. Though. Yeah, that'd be I so, guess so sick. But like you, you could travel for example. But they don't have to pay for it. They do, and they yeah, yeah exactly right. So you played in this is just a just a random example. You played in Switzerland recently, didn't you? Yeah. Or was it was that this year? Um, I think yeah, one time this year. Was it a jazz festival. Yeah, no, this year was um some other festival in Basel. Right. It was like an indoor thing. Cool. Yeah. So you traveled to Switzerland, mm-hmm. which is. You got to get, you know, it's like an hour to the airport, let's say, just for argument's sake. You got to be there two hours before, so that's three hours. Mm-hmm. The flight to Switzerland is... But what? it's two hours, but I think the hour difference makes it an hour. Right. And okay. then when you're coming back, it's zero minutes. But because your, of the Your hour. actual time spent, yeah. so you got two hours, you know, so that's five, then you got to get back, so that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's four. And then you got all your traveling there. So we're talking seven or eight hours traveled. Yeah. Just travel, not including like, oh, we need to get there the night before yeah. or anything like that. And then you play maximum an hour set, mm-hmm. maybe minimum 20 minutes set for some uh, people. Yeah. Is that not just mad? That it is. Really is. Mad. It is. That is really mad. But I'd rather that than holograms take over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, because that would be it. That's the end. Like, like that Black Mirror. Episode. You're just in your room, like, do you know what I mean? Hearing it loads. Yeah. Like that Black Mirror episode. <clears throat> oh yeah I didn't, it never occurred to me that you can make it massive to get the people in the back to see it I never thought of that yeah do you know what I mean that's so mm. interesting but yeah so you could have you don't even need screens no although you probably would because the, and if you're if you're a massive hologram well, not that you, anyone would ever be a hologram because that's <laughs> a, don't say things like that that doesn't because that will happen no I mean <laughs> like you can't be a hologram a hologram is not a person Oh, like physically, thing. you can't write. I get you. Yeah. So, but if so, there is a hologram. Uh-huh. If you're, if, you. And it's hundred feet tall. Uh-huh. But the people in the front row. Oh yeah, they're not going to be able to see anything. That's true, actually. <laughs> they're just looking at a massive shoelace. That is true. <laughs> or do you think the distance? Because it's a hologram. You don't. You're not even going to be able to touch them anyway. They'll just put it like a mile away. Yeah. So that you can, everyone can see it. Or yeah, probably. Maybe. Contact lenses in. Yeah. That everyone's just seeing the same thing whether like you're a mile disco, away or, but like yeah glasses. exactly hmm that sounds good though yeah, 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 let's, be like, let's, let's, let's do this but then why you might as well just like minimize it completely to just like 
VR just sitting in your front room. Yeah. But you had a gig. People won't, yeah. Like Do you know what I mean? Every, everything gets delivered. That's what it yeah. does. Like net, TV got delivered with Netflix and obviously food with delivered. But like, <laughs> everything gets delivered eventually. I'd have loved it if you'd gone, obviously, food with Uber Eats. <laughs> yeah. But like, I mean. Cars got delivered with Uber. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you've got. um you've got like we've gone from being lynchian to being delivered and making <laughs> these things into adjectives and verbs and um, google it doing it google it yeah apparently we're the only language that do that do what that like turn nouns into uh verbs really yeah so like in in in, in french I, I, I i've not fact checked this if someone uh. wants to write in and tell me that i'm wrong please do but my cousin who is a very clever person told me this so he said that you know, in French, you would say the equivalent of uh, search for it on Google or yeah. use Google to search for it. But then in English, you just say Google it. Yeah. And we're the only language that does that. Oh, okay. It doesn't, tr- it doesn't transpose mm. to another language. I, have no, I don't speak another language, so I don't know. But <laughs> do, you, do you think that's just like that sense of entitlement that first language English speakers have of like, we don't have to learn another language? Yeah, hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And I hate that that about me. <laughs> I hate that I don't know any other languages. I wish I, I wish I knew some language. Like I remember being in a place and some guy was like speaking okay English, and some guy was like ha ha bloody bloody blah, and I was like at that moment it dawned on me that they were on level two. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, they were yeah. on level two. They were like, I could speak a full language, and now I'm trying to learn yours. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like, if you kind of knew Mandarin, you'd be so pr- impressed with yourself. Yeah. yeah. But they would yeah. be like, oh, this guy doesn't even know Mandarin or this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, it's just, yeah. You've got an absolute moron being like, I can't understand a word he's saying. He's not even speaking English. It's like, yeah, if we could. He speaks another language completely fluently. Completely fluently. Yeah, that's which is bad. Yeah, that's, I'm so jealous of people that can do that. I know. Oh, sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so so the, the 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 travel thing, I suppose, was my was my thing. It was good. Um, the reason why I thought of it is because we do these covers gigs that you'll play for three hours, but then you only travel an hour there and an hour back. And I was like, these are the only gigs we do where the time spent performing outweighs the uh, the travel time. Yeah, yeah. it's like like limp, for example. That was like a short set. Yeah. And 20 minutes, right? 25 yeah. 25 minutes. minutes. And you're traveling for like four or five hours. I hear that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's, cr- it's crazy. Yeah. Um, has anyone got anything else? I just thought of one. Go on. Oh. Fucking, please, can you move forward? <laughs> I hate that. I'm just like, what? what is... No. Do you know what I mean? That it's is ridiculous. the worst. I fucking hate that. Can, for people that don't know, explain, <laughs> explain what you mean. It's just like, you're doing a show. You're doing a show, right? And you're on the stage. Sometimes it's even in between. If it's like a festival thing, they've moved forward if they're successful in getting people to move forward. Yeah. And then the next person, they've already they've all moved back. I don't know what it is about being so close to the thing that people are so scared of. But like when you're doing a show and you're on stage and there's like a, a canyon of like dead space yeah. in front of the stage, they're like a full... It's I, I've never tried to measure, but I bet you there's like an actual fixed distance yeah, that yeah, people are away from the thing. And it's just like, we should like have that as like the something distance. Yeah, people should, should learn that thing. for GCSE maths. You know yeah. It'll be like, it'll be like a ratio to room to stage size. Exactly. Kind of. yeah. I feel like that's like a real thing. It's like getting people to move. I remember one time I felt kind of good about it. It was just like, 
I don't like the space over here. Don't just and everyone move forward like yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to do it because when someone is like, does everyone want to move forward? And then no one does, or like one person takes a step forward. You're like, oh. Do you know what I mean? It's like a standoff. Do you it know is, like how yeah. like? Do you know what I mean? That's so weird. It's like, the audience is just like no, no, no yeah. thanks. <laughs> but I wonder why because I've been in an audience before and I've like when people say move forward. Sometimes if I know them, I'm moving forward into that gap. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but definitely. Like, if I don't know them, sometimes I'm just kind of like, why am I not moving forward? I tend yeah. to move forward, but like whenever I don't, I'm just kind of like, why? Mm. Why am I not moving it's forward? It's an odd thing as well. Mm. Like for for certain performers where you kind of go, when they say it, you kind of go, yeah, all right, cool, let's move forward. Mm. And then when other people say it, you go, yeah, something no, feels no, funny. No, I don't that. like this. <laughs> I think it's good they can smell fear. Yeah, they can yeah, smell yeah. fear. They're just like, can you move forward, please? But if you don't, I'm still going to do it. They're going to be like, all right, fine. Yeah. It's just kind of like sizing you up, but from over there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's a like, power struggle. Yeah, it is Whoa, a power struggle. That's at the beginning. It's, it's like, like the handshake it, over the top of the hand. It is. You know I mean? It's it like is chip mode setting in. Yeah. And, and you're just like, no, I don't want to move forward. <laughs> exactly. You move forward. You come to me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But the thing about it is they actually like a lot more, not scared of you than you are of them, but like if you stay there and stand your ground for four, three, four, five minutes and until they move forward, they will eventually move forward. Yeah, Do you yeah, know they what I mean? Like, yeah, that they won't, takes balls though. Yeah. Even yeah, though it's a majority, that. they don't want to cause a scene, they will get there. Like, Imagine. Yeah. Imagine someone just stood on stage like, I'm not singing my next song until uh, somebody is stood on that barrier. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. there is a point that it just turns into they think you're an absolute like, oh, piece yeah. of shit yeah. Yeah, yeah, at the yeah. same time. But then what's worse than that is everyone clap or everyone do something everyone jump or anyone oh, do yeah. anything like that if you want to get someone to do something past the moving forward it's almost impossible unless they do it by themselves yeah, yeah she's like true. i don't do any of those things by the way because that's not the kind of stuff i do but like you know if you do want to make people jump or clap or whatever then you know being able to do that is like a skill i think it is it's a, yeah. it's like a charisma yeah charisma it definitely thing. is yeah. it is and okay so that that you've just given me an idea now which i can lead into which is nice um when this is not okay i'm just gonna go with it so t like blew my mind a couple of years ago when he said that he was in when he's in some rehearsals with like yeah it's fine to say when he was in Mike Lowry rehearsals they those guys would like fully do all of the inter stage interaction in the rehearsal room right and I was like whoa that like blew my mind and I was like and then T and I was like do you do it when you rehearse and he was like yeah I was like you you practice your stage interaction and he was like yeah and I was like I feel like such a piece of shit now because I definitely don't do that and like when you, you are see, a piece of shit I am and, I, and like <laughs> the the idea of practicing my stage interaction within a rehearsal room with you T and George is literally my worst <laughs> nightmare however I can get on stage and if there's a bit where I'm like oh I want people to sing along or whatever uh -huh. I'll find a way to do it naturally by like chatting it through yeah and like you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but that's 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 a funny little qualm isn't it like that whole thing like w now working with track is so much harder because you need to judge a gig before you get there as to whether you can leave a gap for people to like yeah. engage with you a little bit yeah. because you're you know obviously you need to time your tracks and stuff like yeah, that yeah so that's a funny little quirk yeah that is mad i mean, i think i think the it's that's a, maybe that's an art in itself like making something so rehearsed seem spontaneous yeah because yeah. you would watch mike lowry and when you say it you go oh yeah of course they rehearse that 
But then when you actually watch him, it doesn't feel like that. No. It feels very spontaneous. It feels natural. Mm. No, it's a different space as well. If you're like in like the mainstream, not even mainstream anymore, they've kind of like moved towards like more like a really purist R&B thing. But at yeah. the time they were trying to like do like a mainstream version of like R&B at that time. And, you know, they, they you have to do that because yeah. the competition is ridiculous. Do you mm. know what I mean? And everyone else is doing that. And, you know, for the sake of, it's not even integrity, for the sake of whatever else to deny yourself the opportunity to practice something everyone else is going to practice is yeah. so I understand it from that point. Um, yeah, I've I've never I've never I've never I've never practiced like that before. I've been asked to practice like that before, mm. but I haven't done so. But that, I think that's mainly because um, of the what you said with like not being comfortable to do it to like no one in front yeah. of the band it's and everything. Weird. It's a bit like yeah, it's like I'd rather sing to a room of two thousand people than I would to sing to a room of one. Yeah, it's I think it's yeah. that thing. Do you know what I mean? Most definitely. I and and I don't know. Probably it's some like I definitely before I go on, I'm definitely like working through the songs, and I'm like, okay, it, there are there are opportunities at this point, at this point, and at this point for me mm-hmm. to say X, Y, and Z, or me to chat about X, Y, and Z, and I'll do that. So it's not like I don't think about it at all it's not completely spontaneous yeah. but as for actually like like he said one of the bands he was rehearsing with actually had scripts oh yeah so to like actually work with script and script it out i was like Fuck. i've yeah I read, I read the script i know which band you you're on about yeah, oh yeah. wait no i think i think i've read that as well yeah, yeah. i don't yeah. think it's together anymore are they i can't even no well, yes yeah. it was uh yes They're cool, though. yeah like the what's his name lewis yeah he's mm. a cool guy is he i like him he's I a good guy you know, it depends what kind of ilk you come from as well in that regard, right? Because uh-huh. I thought you would want to, would have wanted Shell, I'm pointing at, by the way, for listeners. <laughs> I, I would have thought that you'd have been more into rehearsing. Maybe it's just the fact that you're around me, T and George, I don't know. But because you come from like a background of theatre production stuff, so maybe that kind of rehearsal makes more sense. But like to me, it makes zero sense because I came from this rocky background where everything was spontaneous mm. and just off the handle and if you fucked up, tough shit. Mm-hmm. So if I was in a rehearsal room, I would feel absolutely like, <laughs> like I would like fold into a little small ball. I'd be so embarrassed. Mm. But I thought you'd be more open to it, open of to it because of your background and where you come from. I, I, I've, I've had theatre treats dragged out of me kicking and screaming by studying music for three years. So right, none, none of those old, really great qualities mm. exist in me anymore. Yeah unfortunately do you know what's a funny one is when you have and i i have this from back in the day when i was used to be like in rock bands but you have this a little bit now because you're the lead singer is when you repeat the same thing on stage every night and i'm sure comedians do it and everyone who performs does it of Devil. course they do but you have this and you say it like you've it's the first time you're yeah, saying yeah, it yeah. so like i remember the, the the first example that pops into my head is when i was in a band that i was in when i was 16 we used to get people to clap along to this one bit. It's like a bass drum is like, doof, doof, doof. And we used to get people to put their hands in their air and clap along, right? And I spontaneously was just like, put one hand in the air, then put the other hand in the air hey. and bang them together like this. Hey. And I remember being like, sick. Because I, I used to be embarrassed to be like, okay. everyone clap along, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just thought that works and it uh-huh. worked. And then I did it every gig <laughs> past that i even did it with edge of eden once oh, really? a band that we were in with ollie naggy we played gay pride and we we went into a song yeah. and i did it then that would and work it, though that sounds sick yeah but that's yeah. That sound sick. but that's just one of those things where it's like 
I, it seems like I'm saying this for the first time every single time I say it. Yeah. And that is a tricky thing to achieve. But also when you're sat there and you do it at Sofa Sounds, for example, getting people to click on a certain point or yeah. explaining the meaning behind a song, you do it in the same way each time. It's kind of like a song in itself, though. Like it that is, yeah. One hand in the air, other hand in the air, clap. You're getting a reaction the same way you would get for every song. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's, an, it's a set piece. It's literally a set piece. I was going to ask you something about theatre. Do you feel like things like performance and uh, what's the word? What's the word? What's the noun version of pristine? Perfection. Let's call it perfection. Okay. Okay. Do you think perfection and stuff is valued differently in theatre than in music, having been in both worlds? Because you said some of those traits, like some of those people will be like, that person made a minute mistake on stage. Yeah. Whereas music, it's more like it's about the feeling and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But I'd say it like translates differently. So I'd say like... I'd say the end product of theatre uh -huh. is the live performance, mm -hmm. but I'd say the end product of music is uh -huh. the recorded performance. Right. So, right. do you know what I mean? Okay, okay, Whereas okay. I feel like the live performance of music is obviously a huge part of it, uh -huh. but I don't, you wouldn't be performing the music live unless you put it out recorded. So right. the recorded thing is the finished product to me. Okay. So it would be like the equivalent of making a mistake in your final piece of, of, of a theater play uh -huh. would be like the equivalent of keeping a mistake in on a record. Sick. Do you know what I mean? That makes a lot of sense. What yeah, would the well, performance cool. be? What would do, what do you think performance would be? In, uh, in, in theater terms? Yeah. Like maybe like a dress rehearsal. I don't know. Wouldn't be like a dress rehearsal. Actually, no, not at all. It would be. Or is there? There doesn't have to be an equivalent. Or is there always an equivalent to everything in every? No, maybe no, not. Maybe not. Maybe I'd it's a matinee because the, the tickets are cheaper. No. <laughs> so maybe the close, more closely related would be like you know when people take shows to like Edinburgh Fringe. Mm. Um, like that's not the be all and end all of that performance. That's them a lot of the time working through their performances in like different ways. And a lot of the time, a lot of the time you, you do sometimes see the mistakes and stuff mm. like that, but it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's nice. I think to see that. So okay. maybe that's the equivalent of gigging. Okay. Is like, you're working through those songs yeah. and you're, you know, you're probably, you've probably gigged those songs before you've released them. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're working through them and you're working out the kinks. You're seeing what works, you're seeing what doesn't. So mistakes do happen and it's fine. Uh -huh. And maybe that's the same with theatre. It's like those kind of like festivals where you go and you work through a piece before then you take it to the West End. Yeah. Maybe. So, so would you think that the, the stages are flipped around and the final stage would then be the live DVD on both? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. do you know what I mean? They do like uh, cinema screenings of live plays now, don't they? You yeah. Like, yeah. I, I went to go and see King Lear years ago, and that was like a, a, a stage production, but I fact watched it in a cinema. Them on, don't they? Uh -huh. Yeah, a lot of art house pictures. That's pitch, what I miss about Liverpool is fact. I like fact. Oh, fact is the best place in Liverpool. But thingy picture house, where is that picture house? It's in Central in London. Hackney picture house? Uh, I don't know. I, I watched. Whiplash there, right? Mm. Okay, but it was sick. It was like facts, but here, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was sick. It's, mm. it's, I love facts in Liverpool. It's one of the. It's my. It's probably my favorite place in Liverpool. I have to go yeah. there every time I go home. Home, everywhere. Yeah. Home. Oh, home. Oh, that was a Freudian slip. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, shall we move on to the final segment? Go for it. E. Oh my God. Who the fuck is Peter Guy? Who's he, lad? Cool. So this is who the fuck is Peter Guy? <laughs> Sam knows who Peter Guy is. I do. Um, do you know what, right? <laughs> you know what, right? We've done twenty nine of these, and it never gets old. <laughs> do you know what, right? The thing about the thing about it is, like, I've I I don't know. I'm so far removed from all of it in a way. It's like 
so many people have different opinions on Peter Guy, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't understand. I don't, I've like, they've kind of come out of nowhere for me. I don't know why. I'm just like, what, what did he do that everyone doesn't yeah. like him? I don't I don't, get it. I don't actually know. I, yeah, I kind of do. You do? But I don't know it directly. Right. I just know it through stories and okay. things that people have told me. Yeah, that's what I mean. Me. Like, I don't know personally. I've had a couple of experiences personally. Okay. Um, but nothing that's, that justifies a lot of hatred that he gets. Like, imagine just being in a city, a whole city. Do you know what I mean? There must have been something because I don't see it. I don't see the thing. But, but he's anyway. like to the point where like, there's toilet artwork, you yeah. know. There's, toilet there's artwork. Toilet, toilet artwork. You know, artwork. bringing some class to it. Toilet artwork mm. all over, and it's now become it's now become like a Liverpool meme in itself. A thing. In in a great way, like if that was me and people were making memes about me and writing on toilet doors about me, I'd be fucking made up. Liverpool <laughs> has a lot of those personalities, though. It does. It's mm. got these big names. Obviously, Dave Monks is one because he he is such a. A presence there i suppose mm, in, yeah. in, in 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 the music scene but you've got people like dave monks peter guy's one of them there was that pete price oh where, yeah pete price you know you get these like different. local celebrities and yeah. he was he was a radio presenter um mm. not 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 really a musical thing and then you get these like Mersey sides, yeah sort of. but i think but you, you get them and then because of because it's Liverpool and it's, I don't know whether this translates to other cities, but because it's Liverpool, they always get some sort of stick. Yeah. So it's like, and you, <laughs> if you're in that position, you've got to take the stick. To take do you know it, what I mean? Yeah. Because it, like no one's being actually genuinely malicious. No. Like well, Some people are. I, I mean, some, some people, people who don't, But like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. As you said before, I do, um, I do agree that if you just, if you went like in quotes viral, in real life viral like that, there's a, it's bittersweet. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, exactly. yeah, fine. But at the same time, it's almost, it's almost like, um, like a, it's almost like friendly fire. Is that, is that yeah. the right thing? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So it's like, no one is going out of their way to like defame him or no. slander him. No. In the, Well, I know some people are, but like, um, most like generally. Yeah. He's just like a chill. It's just like, yeah. I just wonder sometimes like, how does he feel? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I know. You know what? Like your point is probably, um, like, uh, proven by the this segment on the podcast in that three like out of the band out of me shell t and george yeah three out of the four of us are just like oh it's just a laugh and there's nothing malicious and then george has george got this real doesn't like, like him, no. genuinely doesn't Madness. like him okay and that's probably probably characteristic of just everyone Everything. in yeah. that in that world like most people are like oh it's just funny and just a laugh and then well, you, there's a little small group of people to me yeah. to me he's fallen into the category of do, have you ever heard have you ever do you, do you know the presenter Pete Price I know yeah so he like did loads of the the Radio City like late night shows where mm -hmm. you know people would ring in and yeah, yeah, and yeah. fight it out with him and because it, and because obviously all the taxi drivers had it on in their car so it was like such a big part of the city everyone was always listening to it yeah. and it was always hilarious he was always like kicking off of people screaming shouting storming out of the studio Serious. and things like that yeah and there's so many youtube clips of it happening YouTube clips. So, yeah it's Swear. really good yeah and all there's right. like one guy who used to call him up and just take the piss yeah. and he would like start off really serious and then halfway through the conversation he'd just be like it's a kebab pete <laughs> and it just like and it would go like this for ages and there's so many things on youtube and i think you fall you just fall well, you into that call, category you call him up to wind him up yeah, it wasn't yeah. Even but now you chat. see pete price yeah. and he's like quoting some of them youtube videos yeah. like he's fully 
embraced he, it. He's fully embraced that yeah. that role, and yeah. I think that's that's what you need to do. Well, yeah. we'll fully embrace our role. Yeah. In who the fuck is Peter Guy? Yeah. Uh, we always say it's our music review segment, but it's not really, is it? It's, no, just, it's just our just music like a recommendation se- segment. Yeah. I think if George has hit, had his way, it would be a music review segment. But I like to. But he's trapped in his car right now, so yeah, it doesn't, he doesn't matter. Get, he doesn't get a say. Yeah. <laughs> what have people been listening to, or um, what art would people like to recommend this week? Well, it doesn't have to be music. We've been, you know, been changing things around. We've had film and all sorts of stuff on the go. Oh yeah, we have had some films. I've been watching lots of films. So yeah. I mean, f- first and foremost, we can recommend Under, Under the Silver Lake. Definitely, I'm oh, watching it. I'm yes. gonna watch it. Do I just it. don't. The thing is with it, I just don't know if it was good oh, or man. not. I enjoyed the hell out of it. That's what I couldn't tell you if it was good or not. That's literally all. <laughs> I just want it to be interesting, even if it's yeah. not good. Let it be interesting. Well, I text. I, mean? I, I text. We watched it with Ben Gladwin, and I, I text him afterwards with another interpretation of the film and i think if there's something that you can do that with where mm. they've left we've chatted about it for a bit see you later have a good night nice to see you and then later on you're like oh this and you text someone you make the effort to be like oh what about have you thought about this yeah i think that is a sign of something actually yeah yeah, yeah. whether it's whether it's good or not doesn't matter it's achieving no. something you know mm-hmm. um i'll kick something off quickly i've been listening to tool because <laughs> you don't even know tool so i was listening to maynard keenan's interview with joe rogan and he announced on that that tool have now put all their stuff on streaming services oh, it was previously unavailable okay and he also used it to announce a new album yeah which i, I don't know when that's coming out but oh, tool, is it not, out? not out yet i don't okay. think um but tool for years were, were one of these bands that didn't embrace streaming all of a sudden all four albums are on there tool is sick prog metal arty madness mm-hmm. and can't recommend it <clears throat> highly enough uh, but that's just that's it for me just tool sick they put out a song though i saw it on here what is it called the new one a new song sick it's called um uh give me a second <laughs> is it still here oh, it's gone. oh is it fear inoculum yeah that one yeah did I it come that, out today or something i don't know i think that's the name of the oh. new album though oh okay what's that ah uh, okay so, that was youtube oh the yeah. The, f- the album is Fear Inoculum. The first song is Fear Inoculum, but the rest of the album's not out yet. So okay. it, the rest of it is grayed out and just has track two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Right. Sick. Um, okay. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've got something. Go on. <laughs> Go on. Go on. Um, mine's a bit slightly left wing, but we this week we've only just got round to watching Anima, I believe it was called. Oh, Anima. Anima, which was... Tom uh, Tom York Tom York and Paul <laughs> Thomas Anderson's uh, like short movie slash long video long music video on Netflix yeah and that was cool yeah it did an alright job there Tom. I'd recommend watching that I'd, I'd seen it so many times and it was one of them things where it's like I haven't got 15 minutes to invest in this so I'm not going to watch it right now but also I'm not sitting down to consciously watch it because you don't sit down to consciously watch something that's only 15 minutes long mm. but i think we were just like monging at the end of a film we were like oh you know what we'll just stick this on before bed but i actually found myself being like really sucked into it and i didn't know like the fucking lead singer of radiohead was such like a good contemporary dancer <laughs> serious yeah it's really cool i think he was 
I don't know. He look, you know, he's doing a really good job on that. Yeah, it was a very, it was really good. I think the thing that pulls me into it more is Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's something about Thom that Thom rubs me His up the wrong way. Thom, isn't it? Thom. <laughs> Thom. I don't know what it is. The and fact I like that he calls himself Thom. No, he doesn't. But like, <laughs> just make a point of getting that H in there, you know. Um, but like, he, I don't know. This I like Radiohead, and I really like a lot of what Johnny Greenwood does. But then. I don't know something with Tom York that just rubs me up the wrong way. So, I, but I thought it was good. I, I you know, I can't. Deny there was it just was, like was some of the good. some of like the camera tricks that they did, and it was just like really inventive and really interesting. Like you know the stuff that they did where they looked like they were climbing up the side of a wall, but the but way it was, it was actually just that they'd angled something in in like the way of like a slide or something. It was it was, fun. and then they had all crazy shoes on, which made meant they could climb up it, but also looked like they were like. Yeah, it was like very moving odd. backwards, and it was very strange, but it was very like imaginative and cool. Yeah. It was nice. All right, yeah, it's so good. I recommend that. Mind you, what are you recommending, Sam? Um, I'm just gonna play it safe and say what I said before that Emily King album definitely Ooh, yeah. switch. I think the first one is 2015, and then I think the second one is Scenery. Switch. Um, I'm gonna check hair out as a person. She's sick, really, really good. She's got like there's one song at the end of it. She's got these strings and they're just like ridiculous. And I was just like, how do you do that? And my first reaction normally is, how do I make that? But it was real strings, so you can't. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, like yeah, she's really, really, really good. Yeah. So I'm gonna say her. And, she yeah. looks cool. I'm, I'm very like I'm all over this look at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, and it's probably just a phase in my life, but it looks really cool. For a from a for a string thing, I can recommend a guy called Alex Summer or Sommers. Okay, S I think it's S O double M E R. Um, we've got a vinyl of it down there, and I'll show you afterwards. But okay. he's got this like mad cello thing on one of the uh, on one of his um songs, mm-hmm. and it's literally just a drone. But it's one of those things that sonically it is yeah it just blows you away and you're like what is that and then you you go and check it out and you're like it's just a cello uh, how does a cello sound that good do you know what i mean there's um do you know about a producer his name is like rudy van gelder from no. back in the back in the back in the days like 40s 50s mm-hmm. and he was the one who kind of like first took mics and put them really close to instruments and turned the gain all the way up and played them really quietly right. to get like them to sound super detailed yeah yeah, yeah. so like i think he was the first one to do that in the like, hard book era mm. kind of stuff but like but yeah i love that i've never had the chance to do it i've never had the chance to do it but if you do that to a snare it's ridiculous it's like yeah. the it's just the best thing do you yeah. know what i mean it's just the best thing <laughs> well we've barely got like like i said at the start you know you've got all these strings to your bow no pun intended there but like you know the production stuff the songwriting the, the vocal stuff the lyrics the artwork all that and we i feel like we've barely even scratched the surface today definitely not so yeah there's gonna be a sam returns yeah there is. i'll come back yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i need to figure out a way to like because what i want to do on on um the art difference mm-hmm. is i want to do um kind of like guests but i want to do guests as if i want to kind of do them almost like an audio documentary. Okay. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like kind of score it out and like kind of very minimal narration, but kind of get everything to kind of flow. So it's almost like they're telling us their own story. Mm. But I want to put cool. in like a lot of work. I want to yeah. like research everything that they think I won't know about them. Yeah. Like because right. the internet's forever. And you know ask what I mean? questions yeah. on that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's totally interesting. But it's just, it just based on doing just basic and it taking that long i'm kind of scared i'm kind of scared to go that way but i would love to do that the thing with the art of difference is that it's it seems like such a 
um, it's, it's so in depth. It's all about the process, isn't it? And I think that's such a great, or not all about the process, but you know, predominantly, I would say that. I'm it glad works. you think it's in, in depth because normally I'm just like I'm sure someone's going to see through this and realize that <laughs> I, I heard that name today. <laughs> I heard that name today, but like, um, yeah, no, I don't aim to go in depth. The reason I even chose creativity is because it's something I know. I don't yeah. know. It's not. I don't know anything else. It's that everything else required. There, there are experts in other fields, but with creativity, everyone's an expert. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just like, let me. Let me do. Let me let me show what creativity looks like for those who may want to get to the kind of middle management place I'm in now. And the mm-hmm. difference and further, is, do you know what I mean? The difference is what is interesting about it. Mm-hmm. Like if if it the fact that everyone I don't know there's you know it's the kind of thing where everyone is everyone is different, mm-hmm. which is you just know, like everyone just else. like everyone else. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the thing that you can say oh actually we are all having these experiences mm-hmm. you know it's like when you're in high school and you tell someone a secret because you think you're the only person that does it and then they're like oh no we, like we do that as well and you're like oh right shit mm-hmm. but you know everyone does have a slightly different approach to creativity mm-hmm. so or to whatever they create mm-hmm. so that's why it is so interesting because you may get a podcast about how to fit a kitchen sink and there might be five or six different ways but essentially there are only five or six different ways. In theory, with creativity, even though everyone's having these very similar experiences and, and very similar have similar traits, there are an infinite different number of ways to, exactly. to do something. To do something, but they all have things in common, you know. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what makes it interesting, isn't it? Yeah, hundred. And that's why. That's why <laughs> you get friends like uh, Shell's friend Brad. Mm. um and i think uh his partner lee is is a is a listener to the podcast so he'll he may remember this but brad's sort of um saying like oh i, I envy you guys so much you you've such like free spirits you get to go and do whatever you want and do this that, and the other and we're looking at him and he's got like an audi and a house and his <sighs> life is sorted and he's got great like he's just got a great life and we're like you mad and we're looking at you and being like look at your life that is a fucking your mate that's yeah. amazing and then he was like, "Yeah, but it's, you know, it's it, it is because of the the like what probably what I just said then about the fact that it's so different mm-hmm. is what makes people who have their life sorted look at it and 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 romanticize it." When I hear someone's kind of stopped being a banker to go and like pursue something that we've been doing and have been like annoyed about, it's just like, <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? But also, okay, yeah, do, you, yeah. do you like fine? But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what, how would you give up? that security but then grass is greener yeah so always yeah. is grass is always greener yeah i think i think lee who i just mentioned is is has endeavors that he wants to pursue but you you have jobs and stuff like that and 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 i i can sit here as someone who's lived it and not known any different and go yeah ditch the job do the creative thing it'd be so <laughs> sick but it, i don't know any better mm. so i don't know how hard it must be to to leave something like that behind yeah. but i look at him um and see his potential and go you should fucking do that. Mm-hmm. But then on, and on another merit, when someone looks at me and goes, but I want to do what you're doing, I go, you don't want to do what I'm don't, doing. Don't do what, you don't I'm, do what doing. I'm doing. No. <laughs> do do the, the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we'll definitely have to get you back on because we've got to go in depth about production. Definitely. We've got to go in depth about I feel like, yeah, that's lyrics it. and concepts. And that's that's going to be a very quiet podcast for me. I'm just yeah. going to listen and facilitate <laughs> you that right, conversation. Though. You're not right. Yeah. Everything. So there we but, go then. Yeah, but the production side, the technology side, I'm like, yeah, you guys do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think for for listeners who are 
listening to this and want want that earlier before Sam comes back on the show, you should go and check out the art difference. Yeah, we're five episodes in. Five, yeah. I got to start on on on. I got like two in the bank, but I don't want to put them out yet. So I got to do the rest because it's seven, isn't it? I heard seven is the average people give up. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. That's so to, I'm trying to get to seven. That's what I'm trying to do right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know I mean? Just get to seven. Just yeah. get to seven. Um, is there is there plans to is it a rolling thing for forever? Is there plans to stop a series and like stop at some point and carry on? I would like to keep on going, but just based on kind of like what I want to do with it, I know it's going to take a lot of effort. I don't know if I have the time in yeah. a week mm. to even do that, but yeah. I'm going to keep going until it becomes unbearable. Then I'll call it a season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come back for season two when you're like 32. You're like, cool guys, I'm yeah, back. Exactly. Yeah. Well, final recommendation for the time podcast skip. is Sam Volo, The Art of Difference, available on Spotify, Apple Music, probably anywhere. Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, probably anywhere you get your pods, right? I think so. Yeah, and I then, hope so. <laughs> uh, and then your latest single, "Love and War," mm-hmm. is out now. In "Love and War," yeah, it's out, and there may be some more coming. Ooh, if I can find the time. <laughs> awesome. Podcast. I'm actually working on some other people's stuff as well. I've never done that before. I'm doing an EP for some uh, lady who I think is really cool. Oh, interesting. And just like basic day-to-day hour work, like hourly rate work, but with her, it's like. I'm just kind of working on her EP only. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think she's really cool. That'd be interesting. Can we mm-hmm. can we get a name or is it confidential right now? I'm going to give you the name later. Okay, okay I'll give you the name later. Yeah. <laughs> All, right, yeah. All right, wicked. Thanks, Sam, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm about to go and do some toilet art. Uh, uh, oh my god that took me like awful. one second to remember, remember I'm uh, <laughs> too much toilet art ruins the fries no oh, Alex, that's so 